we uh, had a request to speak about heaven. So let's start our introduction like this. This is not heaven. Let me uh, point that out, first of all. This don't show up too good. It's a lake of fire. And uh, you can see some people in the lake of fire. And we talked about this uh, the last time about fearing God and keeping His commandments. How important that is. And those that break His commandments, we're going to get their portion in the lake of fire. And that God always keeps His promises. He promises to those people that don't obey His commandments, this is where they get to go. After uh, that talk, a dear lady says, you guys talk about hell too much. So let's go to the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. Let's talk about heaven. The title is Heaven is Real. As you know, hell is real also. So let's think a little bit about heaven and what it is. Uh, you know, I could tell you all my thoughts of heaven and about that much time because I don't know much. But the Bible tells us some things about heaven. Let's, let's read about those. Heaven will be, and I'm finishing the, the sentence there. Hebrews 11 and 16. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. A lot of us have seen some pretty sights throughout the world. God prepared these. God prepared Hawaii. God prepared Niagara Falls. God prepared some of the lakes in Canada and all the mountains. It's just everything that's pretty. God prepared them. What do you think the city that he has prepared will look like? I think with his ability, it'll be out of this world, won't it? It'll be great. Let's go a little further. 2 Corinthians 5 and 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. I struggle when I try to tell you what eternal is. I really have a problem with explaining to you what eternity is. Well, let's try this. Sister Nona was the oldest person I was ever around. She got to 103. And as I think about her, she uh, was around before there was automobiles. She was around before there was telephones. She was born before there was TVs. She was around before there was internet, computers, a whole lot of things. seemed like she was here in so, so many changes in the world. Her 103 years is like a grain of sand in the biggest desert you can find. Does that help? With explaining eternity? The Bible says our life's a vapor, just appears for a little time, compared to eternity. So heaven is eternal. It's our home.
Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 20, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart also. Zane, somebody's got the computer running, so my notes are not showing up. Can you fix that? This is not treasure, okay? This is rusted out. This is the door of a really nice oven. Uh, years ago, uh, I presume it's coal oil because where I found it, there was not electricity. Uh, the gauge, somebody shot. Somebody can't shoot too good. There's holes in it. Uh, but it's rusted out. And it's probably, uh, might be worth something to a fancy cafe to hang it up on the wall. I don't, I don't know. But what I'm telling you is that uh, our reward in heaven, our home in heaven is not going to rust away. It's not going to get eaten up by moths. Uh, most of you probably today went out there and... Uh, Locked your car so somebody wouldn't steal something out of Heaven's a safe place. So that's some things that heaven will be. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 12, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You know, as we talked about hell, we talked about how severe the vengeance God is going to take on those that disobey His will. We're reversing that. There is a great reward. You younger people, have you ever been promised a reward for making A's, not getting in trouble, or whatever it is? God is promising us a reward. And what he promises, he keeps, and it's going to be great and exceedingly, exceedingly great, I promise. First Peter 1 and 4, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. It's our inheritance. T. Boone Pickens died not long ago. I'm not going to apply for any of his inheritance. It just it wouldn't do a bit of good, would it? But Becky and I have fixed up a will. Sean and Christie's in the will. And if they're not alive, it goes to their children. If we spend our assets, Becky and I, Sean and Christie will get a 50%, maybe of zero. So their inheritance would be nothing, right? If we have nothing left. So your inheritance in heaven will not fade away. It's not going to go away. It's reserved for you. It's going to be there if you follow God's will. Heaven will be in Revelation 21 and 21. And the 12 gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. 
You ladies think a lot about pearls. You like to have pearls. You like to have gold. I think that it's kind of interesting that this is compared to use gold for asphalt. You know, we base our monetary system on gold. So, as a result, how beautiful heaven must be. It's hard to me explain, but this is some scriptures that we find about heaven. Now then, let's shift a gear. Why go to heaven? One reason is hope. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you have heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. I heard one of these young guys give a practice lesson on hope. It was excellent. You know, I can hope to grow hair. I can hope not to hurt as bad. I can hope to feel better. And I can hope a lot of things, but it ain't going to do no good. We know what happens as people grow older. If we don't have the hope of heaven, why are you guys here? Why are you here today? You like to sing? Okay. You like to hear preaching? Wouldn't you like to be taking a nap? Wouldn't you like to be have your feet up somewhere? You have a hope of heaven. There's things that happens in our short life, and we can have that hope of heaven. That hope is something that is an anchor to the soul. We need that hope. Revelation 22 and 4. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. How would you like to stand in the presence of God and Jesus? Wouldn't that be great? I tell you, there's a while I knew I don't want to stand in his presence. I don't want to be in front of him. He knows what I've done. He knows what I hadn't done. He is going to lower the boom on me. If you feel that way, you're not right with God. You ought to look forward to seeing Jesus, being with God. You ought to look forward to that. You're going to be in His presence. You'll be right there in His midst. That's a reason to go to heaven. Revelation 17 and 16. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them into living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. We've been to Stratford this week, and there was a lady that goes to church there, sitting in the football stands. Um, hey, how's everybody? They're good. I said, well, what about your son that's off in college? She just bursted out in tears. He's okay. He don't go to church anymore. I don't know what we're going to do with him. And I felt so sorry for her. How many of you this week have had something that makes you want to cry? Bad news. Disappointments. Just whatever. 
Heaven, there's not going to be none of that. There's no tears in heaven. Everything is going to be wonderful. Can you imagine a place like that? No, you can't imagine that. Nobody's going to whisper behind your back. Nobody's going to stab you in the back. Everything is wonderful there. I want to go there. Why go to heaven? Revelation 14 and 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, yea, said the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. I'm going to say 99% of the time at the end of the day, I'll tell Becky I'm tired. She never has to tell me to go to bed. I am ready to go. I presume others are tired and you want rest. That's what heaven is. It's restful, peaceful, comforting. We want to go there. Why do we want to go to heaven? In John 14, 1 through 3, familiar saying, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am you may be also. How many of you have been to a mansion? Some of us have been to some nice places. I've been to a place or two and I thought, you know, I really need to take off my shoes before I go in there. You know, you look at a marble floor that's just spotless and I'm thinking, I, I shouldn't be walking in this. If God can make a beautiful place, mountains, lakes, oceans, think of what heaven will be. Here is my reason, my main reason for going to heaven. Why go? Jesus tells us in Luke 16 and 23, And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. I want to go to heaven because of hell. We got two choices where we're going to be. I don't want to go to the bad choice, okay? That's the main reason I want to go to heaven, is so I don't have to go to hell. All right, let's think about this. How do we get to heaven? We talked a little bit about it and why we need to go there. Let's figure out how to get there. And the Bible tells us that. Matthew 18 and verse 3, and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter in the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same as the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You know, this morning, Zane had some a slide up there, and I'm not going to do all of that because... I can't write very good. But he had this saying that he said we had to hear, 
We had to believe, repent, confess, can't write that low, and be baptized. And that was making you saved or converted. This formula is one of the necessities that you have to do to get to heaven because you still have your sins if you don't do it. If you hadn't went through this process, don't count on heaven. You're not going to get it. Well, you are going to get it, but it's not heaven. Okay? This is how to get to heaven. It's not that complicated. Revelations 2 and 10 Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you in prison, and you shall be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. You have to work through the trials of life. You're going to be tried. We talked about that a little bit this morning. The devil's going to throw everything he can at you to trip you up. And you have to get through that. It happens every day. You can start out and be saved, but if you go back into sinful things, you're lost again. You can start out the right way and then make a wrong turn and you're off track. You won't get heaven. You have to be over to overcome. Revelation 22 and 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. You have to be a doer. A doer. Think about the one talent man. What did he do? Nothing. He hid his talent in the earth. What did he receive? Did he receive a reward? No. He did not. It was taken away the talent he had because he did nothing. To get to heaven, you got to be a doer, a doer of God's will. 2 Peter 1 and 5 is probably the the best example of what you do to get to heaven. Let's read the first three verses. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, and knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness charity. I read that fast on purpose. Because lots of times that's what we do. We read through that and oh yeah, that's good, that's good. What did I say? It tells us, after we've done this and we're saved, giving all diligence. Diligence could be substituted as earnestly, hustling. And then it says, to giving all diligence to add faith. We know what faith is. We're going to add to faith, virtue. Virtue, we could say, or substitute excellence. 
to your virtue, knowledge. We know what knowledge is, the scriptures. And to knowledge, temperance. Temperance is self-control, controlling yourself. And to temperance, patience. Patience, we could substitute enduring, endure the trials that we have. And to patience, godliness. That's being Christ-like. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. That's love for their brothers and sisters in Christ. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Charity is love. Okay, let me read you what this says in my terms. All right. These three verses say, Hustle to excel in faith and his word. Control yourself. Endure trials. Follow Christ's steps. Love your brethren. Love everyone. Let's look at the next few verses. For if you do these things, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you're neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christians bear fruit. That's the more Christians. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. If you don't do these things, these things were for naught. You've done this for nothing because you forgot about that. Another, follow this further. Wherefore the brethren, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure for if you do these things, you shall never fall. If you add all these things, virtue and patience and perseverance and his word, you will never fail as a Christian. And if you do that, look at verse 11. And so an entrance shall be ministered into you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That will get you to heaven. Doing all of these things will get you to heaven. And that's what we're after. Revelation 7 21. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God, and he shall be my son. That's what we want is how to get to heaven. Let's think in conclusion who's going to be there? Who's going to be in heaven? Revelation 21 and 23, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did light it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Who's in the heaven? The saved. Those that have done this, the saved. Jesus tells us in Matthew 5 and 20, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. You can think you're, you're doing a lot of good things, and you can put on an outward show, but God knows your heart and knows how diligent you're trying to excel and knows how much your effort you're giving. 
he knows if people think, well, boy, he's really a good Christian, but you're giving 50%, he knows. Matthew 7 and 21, Not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Here's that word doer again. Are you doing what God wants you to do? Do you know His word? Are you following His commandments? Fear God and keep His commandments. Are you doing that? If you're not, don't count on heaven. It's not going to happen for you. You've got to do what He tells you in His Word. This is our last slide. In John 3 and 5, Jesus answered, said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the Spirit, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not at this, and I say again unto thee, you must be born again. As we bring our remarks to a close, have you been born again? Have you went through these steps like we studied this morning? Are you saved? If you haven't done this, don't even think about heaven. It's not going to happen for you. Have you been following God's command? Have you been trying to grow as a Christian? Are you hustling to add to your faith? Are you persevering? Are you controlling yourself? Are you getting more wise in the Scriptures? Are you living like Jesus wants you to live? Are you walking in His steps? If you're not, mark off heaven from your list. We've got to grow. We've got to work hard. We've got to be a doer of God's will. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.